you're suddenly realizing that somewhere near the Temple of Loth, it's almost like there might be a sun rising. Okay. There seems to be some sort of light source going on that is separate from the Temple of Loth. I would be inclined to go to Sabre. We've sort of been unlikely allies in the last day. Okay. And also because I really want the concept of this horror family that's terrified to see Zantar walking toward them with a halo of death shooting everything around her. Okay. I am Welcome to the show, I'm Genesee. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, October 24th, and this is episode 159, almost at 160, in a weekly, mostly, series involving a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Grey Area Podcast. Uh, what the group can't hear, but I can and you can, is that uh, you just heard an intro from, I think, season one of Death Before Dishonor, which was when Xanatari Deathbringer came in with Bert and like like <laughs> shot some drow with Bert. So there was a very violent intro song with a bunch of heavy metal screaming. So anyway, there you go. So uh, Dungeon Master, last time we ran into some other stuff that would maybe qualify under the same kind of flag, which is bones and some discrepancy in what that was. So Dungeon Master, Catch us up on where we are currently, and you are a go. Welcome, everyone, and a uh, brief administrative note, actually two of them. One, we will not be recording on Halloween evening, because that's a fun holiday, and uh, tonight, Florian's will be whispering quite a lot. It's just for the added effect, he's trying to be spooky. So, what happened in the last episode? The party who absolutely love and adore, and oh, I'm sorry, wait, we're bitching and complaining about the fact that they seem to run into every evil encounter on the face of the planet in a given week. Uh, guess what? Ran into another encounter, this time on a weekend. See, I expanded it. Yes, you're trying. Um, so, they tried to make a camp and wound up at apparently something like the end of time. And that is because the sun is burned out husk, well, mostly burned out, and the moon is all broken up, a la Thundar the Barbarian. It's a cartoon. If you're old enough to, un to know what that is, cool, you have the visual memory. If you're too young to know what Thunder the Barbarian is, go get the DVDs or whatever and watch it and learn something. So the party um, walked out of the fog protection circle that... Bert had apparently set up, and in the distance, coming very much close to them, is a giant humanoid skeleton, something along the line of two to four hundred feet tall. It is dragging what appears to be a plow through these series of fields, and it is moving towards the party. The party thinking, hmm, not really a good place to be, have decided to retreat into the uh, fields where they have encountered scarecrows. The scarecrows, however, appear to be um, have 
uh, a humanoid base to them. So they're not straws and pumpkins. They look like actual humanoids. This is where we pick up. So, um, Cesar, I think we left off with you last time. And let us pick up with you now. All right, so these uh, scarecrows, so they're animated? Are they moving, or they just look like scarecrows? Um, They look like very realistic um, humans. There's actually a couple other races that are nearby. Um, But they are not moving. They look like flesh and blood, feel like flesh and blood if you poke one of them. Um, But they're not moving. You do notice, however, that all of them in the uh, in the row, and the next three rows over, all appear to be the same age. Mm, like, what age? Um, in this case, older people, elderly. Okay. Um. And there, how many are there? Um, down this one, each down this one particular row, there's about uh, you would guesstimate somewhere on the order of two hundred, and it's sort of each in each furrow of a field. And there's at least, from what you can see, just through the thickness of the uh, the, the spacing between them, um, you can see about three rows. You went on an, on an edge, and about three rows in, you see that they're all at least the same age. These fields are quite massive. And as mentioned in the last episode, they stretch pretty much horizon to horizon. And what's, I mean, what's in the, I mean, is there a crop in the field? It would appear to be these scarecrows. Okay, so that's all that's in the field. It's rows of these scarecrowy mm-hmm. things. Okay. Um, hmm. And there's nothing really to see, like, a point to go towards. It just looks like huge fields of these things. Well, there's something rustling out there, and you think that you hear the murmur of voices, or you're listening in on a very distant cacophony of uh, conversations, but it's all very faint, kind of on the wind thing, and because I'm um, still holding on to your natural 20 from your uh, last episode for perception, uh-huh. it seems like the sounds are coming from the uh, scarecrows. Hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I'd want to go up and investigate one more closely, see if I can see if it's actually alive, like if there's a <coughs> sorry, um, you know, breath or um, something like that, if it's got a heartbeat or a pulse or it seems to be moving at all okay the uh, scarecrow do you want to pick a male or a female just whichever's closest okay you come up upon a elderly male he's dressed in a uh, fashion that is similar to the ones that um, you and Zanatari and Carl have seen in your time and place The skin texture is remarkably lifelike. In fact, it does appear to be skin. Uh, Very cold to the touch. 
as if they are in some sort of suspended animation or there's just not the need to be um, warm. And there's no smell. But what you hear as you are um, standing next to this one, you almost hear the sounds of a family gathered around a deathbed. Okay. Um, uh, out of curiosity, I think Cesar would take um, out a knife and, like, kind of just, like, on, like, its arm or something, just make, like, a tiny cut, like, nothing to damage, like, it terribly, but just to cut the skin to see what happens. Okay. There's a little bit of resistance, um... But there is a small trickle of blood that does come out. Hmm. Okay. And but no reaction from the scarecrow thing. The <laughs> probably no. not scarecrow, but <laughs> no, no real, no real reaction. Okay. Um, but they, the voices do seem to be in a lot of kind of anguish. It's your your typical. Someone's mm-hmm. about to pass. Okay. I think. Alright. Okay. Um Yeah. I will come back to you. Okay. Carl the Whisperer. <laughs> Carl will also run after one of the scarecrows and are they standing on their own legs or are they fastened to a pole or even impaled? They are fastened to a pole. Um they're standing on a small little platform. And um, some are just, you know, arms out wide. Some are just in kind of a general position. None of the arms are, like, up in the air or anything like that. It's just kind of like a natural pose. Like, someone just throws someone, stuck them on the pole, and um, they're lightly tied to the pole. But nothing that is so strong that it's causing... um, damage where it's tied. So Carl will reluctantly reach out and try to feel a pulse on the neck of one of them. Okay. Um, You feel a pulse, but the spacing of the pulse is so far apart that, depending on how long you do it, you're not sure for the first couple if you're feeling a pulse or you're feeling something else. Moving under the skin or whatever, but um, if you want eventually, you know, timing-wise, you'll get an idea that there is some big pulse. Okay. So he'll try to crack a harmless, friendly smile and goes, oh, it's... (laughs) It's... it's Okay, I know you're afraid of of this thing and trying to play dead, but please tell me, what's going on? Okay. You realize, looking at this one and looking at a few others, that they are in various states of condition. It doesn't look like they were roughed up in terms of there wasn't a fight or anything and, you know, these people are out on, you know, display. But you realize that um, this particular person that you're looking at 
is missing an arm. And it looks like it's a an old old injury, like the arm the sleeve is folded up and you know tacked to the top. Um, it's also a very old man. Uh, looks, you know, the eyes are kind of glazed over, like um, they've got cataracts and stuff. There's no response um, to your questioning, but you two also hear what sounds like a family. Um, in this case, a uh, possibly a wife and a brother, or a wife and a son. Sorry. Um, Grieving for this person. And if you seem to focus enough, you actually, the, the detail seems to become a lot clearer on what's being said. But that'll take a little bit of time. All right. And um, Carl, what probably not being able to make uh, much of this because he never, never um, witnessed a, um, a death in the middle of a family, so be spooked out and uh, 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 walk over to his Atari and uh, yeah, look what she's doing. Okay. Sanitari. Mm -hmm. What up? <laughs> <coughs> Um, I don't know. It's not quite Halloween yet. I'm not sure uh, what to make of all this. Okay. Do you want to look down some other rows or? Um. Yeah. Seeing that this person's passing is well covered, uh, Cesarn and uh, Carl are there. She's gonna wonder if this is like a repeating pattern happening all the way up and down. I guess like trying to figure out why what what this you know what's this about what's the sense mm -hmm. here is this some sort of like death farm or what kind of thing so go down to another row and then look and see if uh there's something different there okay um going down maybe about 10 rows heading towards the skeleton which is still coming this way um you realize that there starts to be an age progression younger okay You've got the very old, older adults heading down, and um, you realize that it's a pretty steady progression. The last maybe 20 rows right now are empty. Okay. But you are hearing something outside of the range of light, like a thunk. The last thunk, 20 thunk, thunk. rows towards the younger side, or the last 20 rows past the older side? Towards the younger side. Okay. But you hear a lot of activity out in the darkness. Okay. And do I get a closer look at what this bone um, skeleton is doing? Like you said, it was plowing, like as in ripping things out of the ground, or like what is it doing? It looks like it is plowing a new field. So not this field we're in, just somewhere over making another one. It's going to come right alongside okay. this existing field. 
and either expand it or whatever. But it, it's it's doing. It's gonna, there's going to be another field here, but okay. the rows will go, you know, in opposite direction, from, you know, a different direction than what you're currently facing. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to go partially down the aisle and look at this like, slightly younger set of people. Okay. Um, any sort of roles you want to make, religion or any other bits that you might be interested in, and how far down the row are you going to go? I want to be able to see my companions, so not far enough that it wouldn't um, I don't want to go far enough so that it, I will be out of their sight without being able to just turn around really quick and come right back into it because I don't know how tall or, or what the, the visual restrictions are between the rows your visual restriction essentially is once you get down towards the younger side you're going to be losing contact with the party okay well I don't want to go too far so kind of the edge of that and then uh, yeah let me take a look I guess religion is probably where I want to go here because this has a sort of like hmm, circle of life feel to it. Okay. Mm, I don't think I have an excellent religion here. Let me look. Says the battle cleric. Yeah, you would think so, right? My intelligence isn't bad. Alright. 27. Okay. Um... In and amongst your training, stuff that you may have followed, I don't know, fortune cookie, who knows, um, you come to realize that perhaps you are indeed in some sort of deific realm. But I wouldn't recognize like this bone uh, plow guy as any sort of like named god or, or something that would, you know, rec I would recognize him as, you know, whatever the... No, but the grower, whatever the farmer, whatever like technical no, god but name he would have. You, you are realizing that you are in some realm of the dead. Okay. But in particular, this one um, doesn't seem to have a. And I'm going to use the favorite word that you have been teasing me about for months and months, and tonight. Uh huh. It does not have the horror factor. Yes. Say it, New England boy. It doesn't have a whore factor. Whore factor five. Yep. Doesn't have the horror factor of uh, like a barbaric death realm or something along those lines. For those who don't understand me, H-O-R-R-O-R -R -R is what I meant. So, um... If you want to get the party to go along with you, you're going to actually have to go over there. And, well, Carl's kind of following you along, but Cesar's off doing some Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, I want to examine, like, the the sort of younger set of older people that are in front of me and just look to see if they are in, in kind of pain, if they're, like, clearly unhappy to be here, or if they even realize they're here, or just like, what kind of, like, demeanor they have. Um, what I'm getting off them, like body language wise. Um, mix of men, women. Um, again, you're still hearing the voices. You are not detecting pain. Are they aware or, of me? Um, does not believe so. you do not believe so. Okay. But you are hearing as you are focusing on different, um, different. Uh, 
people or different scarecrows, mm -hmm. you hear snippets of their life. Okay. Okay, so this is this is a metaphysical kind of thing and not something we necessarily need to interfere with in her estimation. Um, they appear to be doing as they should. So she's going to head back towards the party. Okay. Out of character, um, there's the thought in, I think it's Greek myth, or could be Roman myth, but I think it's Greek myth, of the threads of fate, where everyone's, you know, got their own thread. Right. This is kind of that sort of thing, but in a um, farm sort of aspect. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going with more Matrix feel, or if you were going with the whole, like, web of life slash farm scenario. Kind of farm thing. Because not Matrix the... feel is a little more nasty. But these, this guy doesn't seem to be harming them. He seems to just be tending them, which is fine. As uh, Tushar says, Greek. So, But um, that's, again, out of character, but you've got some info. So, Cesar. Hello. You still have no in-character info, per se, of all this or what mm -hmm. Linatari is up to, but... She goes out of sight for a while, and Carl goes following after her, so I don't know what you want to do. Well, I don't really see anything around here to keep my interest for too long, so uh, I think he'll head in the direction that they they went. Okay. Um, do you move across the rows? Just towards the whichever direction they went. I don't think he would care too much about which way. Okay. Um, as you're going along, you realize that, uh, the surrounding cluster of scarecrows, as you're walking between the rows out towards, towards them, mm -hmm. is, in fact, um, had you a mirror through your life, uh, are various instances of you. However, the divergent aspect of it is, is... There is young you all the way through your present you in this grouping. And how is that divergent? Normally there's lines of old. Another section is lines of adult. This is mm -hmm. all sort of Cesar blurt into a group. Okay. So you can turn your head left, right, you know, uh -huh. and see you through... Weird. Um, can I find one that looks basically like me now? Um, yes, and you realize that there is something moving just out of sight behind that particular scarecrow. Okay. Um, Cesar would pull out his crossbow and try to, like, sneak around, like, to the side to try to determine what maybe. Uh, creeping around. Okay. Moving. Now, for visual sake, just because we always have to, because it is um, Halloween time, go get your Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows uh, DVD out, or Blu-ray, <laughs> as the kids are wanting to say these days, um, and look up the graveyard scene. There is a wonderfully um, detailed and ornate uh, Grim Reaper tombstone pizza tombstone pizza not pizza tombstone not pizza. pizza 
It's not wonderful. Okay. Tombstone Pizza is not wonderful. No, it's not. You're right. It's not. Um, there is a cloaked figure. This one is wielding um, two size, not the full big size, but the sickles. Sorry, correction, sickles. And um, is moving through the rows. There is no um, apparent body to it. It's just some sort of shadowy shape within a cloak, and the hood is up, and you can't see into the face. Hmm. And where, is it, where does it seem to be going? Um, it seems to be moving through, but it seems to be moving towards you. Okay. Um... Going for the old man. Senses your impending death. <clears throat> uh, I think Caesar would try to engage it. Say, um, 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 can I help you? Okay. Uh, we will come back to you in just a moment. Mm -hmm. Carl and Zanatari, uh, you both hear Caesar speak up, and I'm going to open the floor up to both of you. So. However you wish. <laughs> Since you are away from Cesar at this point in time. I think I'm probably the furthest away, so if Carl wants to go first, he can. Okay, he'll uh, look over there and try to make sense of what's going on and shout to Centauri, uh, Mist, do you know what's going on? Is this how people die? <laughs> I've never witnessed uh, such as this, and I'm totally at a loss what's going on here. Uh, Xanatar is going to say, this is not this is not a recognizable place to me. This is not any religion that I practice. Uh, and I don't even, I'm not even sure this place is real. I don't know what it looks like uh, in Caesar's belief system, but I'm thinking that he doesn't know it either, so I'm not going to let whatever this is take him if this is how it looks when you die. We're, we better check this out. This could just be some weird dream we're having. So, do you think we should uh, attack these these um, things? And you won't. You won't actually see the things until. Oh, okay. oh sorry. The 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 um, the Reaper things. You're talking about attacking the scarecrows. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, was about, um, was, um, talking about attacking the Reaper. Uh, didn't know that we wouldn't see you them. Won't, you won't point. see that until you go investigate whatever Cesar is talking about. Okay, so, uh, as Carl sees that something's going on with Cesar, he'll run up to him. Yep, I will follow him slightly behind as, as uh, long as it takes me to get down the road to where they are. Okay. Um, coming upon the scene, you see uh, the various, what you pr would presume without doing a perception roll, um, the various stages of Caesar. And he's facing or calling out towards this figure that lacks a body at this point in time, um, but some sort of cloaked figure that is approaching. And... Uh, Caesar seems to be trying to engage it, even though he's got his crossbow, but the crossbow's lowered. 
Okay. Anything that you two want to do prior to going back to Cesar? So is the um sorry, I haven't really understand it. Is this skeleton coming at us, so will it blow through the scarecrows or uh, blow alongside them? Or do you mean a different skeleton? Because you're getting skeletons confused. Reaper and the flower uh, seem to be different people. The yeah, I, know, I mean the, uh, the giant skeleton method. The giant, the giant skeleton. Where you're at right now, you are safe apparently from the giant skeleton. Where you are standing on the outside of the field will soon be another set of field. Okay, so, but it won't plow through the scarecrows, but alongside them? In this case, it will make a new field right alongside, but the furrows will be perpendicular to... Okay. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense, but, um, so I think at this point, uh, Carl wouldn't worry about the transkeleton uh, immediately. Okay. But there is something that is approaching Cesar once you get there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you would um, call out to Cesar, what's that thing? Is this attacking you? Okay. Zenatari? Centauri is loath to sort of just attack things in the sort of fantasy that she considers that she must be having some sort of delusion or all of them together have breathed something strange in this fog and this is why they're here. Uh, so she's just going to pull her sword like to the point where she could attack but I'm not going to raise it and try to like threaten this thing because so far everything here seemed pretty passive mm -hmm. um, towards you know us. So I'm just going to like assume that it's probably not coming for Cesar, but uh, if it decides to actually see us, then I will be there to defend. Okay. Cesar, as you engage, um, the cloaked being um, turns its head towards you, and the uh, one, what would be an eye, one is mm -hmm. this green fire, the other eye is this moat of purple fire. And um, it turns towards you. It takes one of the sickles, puts it in its hand, so or you know what would be a hand. So it's holding both at one point, and then rests the sickles next to, you know, on one of the rungs that the uh, a scarecrow is standing on. Okay. And turns and starts to move towards you. As it's moving towards you, you realize that there are a vast number of these other shades, or specters, or whatever they are, reapers, that are um, merging into it. So we're kind of funneling into it from other parts of the field. Okay. As this happens, the figure starts to take on a somewhat more humanoid appearance. 
including um, starting to have uh, some sort of facial feature. You see a chin kind of in the shadows. You see hands starting to form and realize that it is walking. Okay. 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 And it stops about 15 feet from you. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you realize also that there is something extending from its back that uh, you really can't make out. Okay. And it, it, it stops and is regarding you. Did it answer my question before? What was your question? Uh, something along the lines of, what do you want? I don't remember the exact phrasing. Hmm. Um, you get an answer. You're, it's, again, carried somewhat on the wind, but it is a uh, gender-neutral voice. You're not sure. It's got some masculine notes, some uh, feminine notes to it. Um, but it says that it is, uh, seeking out you in particular, and it addresses you by name. It finds that you are, uh, very interesting, and that you have disrupted the harmony of this place, but that you are not discordant you know, you're not a discordant note to the uh, the pattern. All right. Well, uh, well, what can I do for you? Um, you get a flash quickly of that dwarf that uh, you had seen, I think not in the last episode, but the previous episode. It was the one that seemed to be some sort of tinker dwarf. Mm-hmm. You had kind of like a deific image of something come popping up as we were talking about the path oh, right. of mortals. Sure. Um, this one, um, you kind of have that feeling of this one might be trying to um, give you a similar image, but the image isn't coming clear quite so much. Um, your, uh, <clears throat> mental picture there isn't coming across, across too clearly, uh, let's try, uh, let's try words, how about that? I want you to be one of my lieutenants in the normal world. You're an aspirant of uh, immortality, are you not? Uh, that's what I hear. <laughs> um, well, who are you? Death. Your death. Like the death? Like death. the one and only? Are you a death? What's your um religion score? Uh it's intelligence based, so that's good. I have a bonus of fifteen. Okay, go ahead and make a roll. Dice, 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 get out of there, die. There we go. With the with the bonus and the roll, twenty-nine. Okay. Um 
while there are many deities, possibly pantheons, um, your overall knowledge of deities is kind of limited since you were a slave for so long. But mm -hmm. you've heard enough to know that uh, pantheons aside... <coughs> Sorry. Woo! The um, origins of deities tend to spring from one single source. You have a feeling based on the aura coming off of this one, you are dealing with the original source. Okay. <clears throat> well, um, uh, so uh, give me a bit of a job description. What's what's this? Uh, would you say lieutenant? What's mm -hmm. that? What's that? What's that entail? Sell me on it. Continuing on under my banner instead of uh, the dwarf that apparently is taking an interest in you. Yeah, I saw be more that. Of a, more of a primal force within your world. You seem to have good knowledge of uh, events, and you have, um, you know, had quite a hard life. Hmm. So, so you, will uh, you will essentially continue to do what you were doing, but it will be to my banner. So I just wear your colors, and that's about it. Occasionally assisting here and there. Oh, okay, there we go. Now we're getting to it. What does that mean? Anybody else want to chip in? Okay. So can we all hear this conversation? Yes. I'm trying to remember about the dwarf. Is this when we got the banner back in the uh, uh, Minotaur-like area? What dwarf banner oh, stuck when we, when we were talking about the Path of the Immortals, um, back when you didn't want to think on that, that day that everyone was sleepy? Right. Um, Cesar had seen a flash of a deity. Oh, right. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you had essentially started to dictate, because we never know anything about your deity, Denatari. Um... Essentially, since you guys were starting to move so far along the path of the immortals, you've attracted the interest or notice as either tools, instruments, playthings, whatever, of the deities. And essentially, one of the dwarven tinker deities decided to try to claim That's Cesar. Okay. So it's recent. Yes. Okay. Well, it's not my so business as to what deity... Cesar chooses to worship as long as it's not like... I mean, a death deity would probably not get along well with our general party, although maybe more than we'd like to admit. Mm -hmm. Carl will go up to Cesar, tuck at his uh, sleeve, and go, uh, Sir, I advise against following this creature or uh, uh, becoming uh, one of his lieutenants. Just look around, this place is beyond scary. I don't want to deal with this, and I hope so you want uh, so you don't want to deal with this. Whatever this is, shouldn't be part of our world. Okay, Cesar. Well, let's 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 hear what uh <laughs> what this guy has to say. You know, I I haven't been sold yet. I don't know what this assisting means. I think that's really the nitty gritty of this. Uh, sort of. Was pa trying to pass that over. So, uh, what do you what do you have to say for yourself there? Uh, what do I call you, Mister Death? Death? 
Boss? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, the explanation that's given is, is that um, people, aspirants such as yourself, generally fall under the interest or mentoring of a deity. And those deities that seem to closely align with either the, the life or interests or something of um, a person that is an aspirant, they tend to get contacted at some point in time, whether it's by force, you're forcefully chosen, or somebody just kind of takes notice of you and you kind of get that feeling every once in a while that something's watching you. This one is, as far as death goes, you would be an agent of um, sort of that primal force of death. Because so far you've gone through, you've dispatched a number of things, you've um, prevented some calamities, which of course has kept the death toll down. But you've also done your fair share of killing. Um, you are getting older. So you do have an understanding of having had a full life. You know, you've served on a judgment to a, a god and these sorts of things. So you wouldn't necessarily be an errand boy and, or a gopher, but occasionally death may see fit to task you with jobs here and there or point out areas where, you know, some event that is of its interest or would benefit of it, benefit its interest in some way. Alright, so uh, <clears throat> basically do some killing for you. Not always. Um, you would be preserving a balance. Mm -hmm. um, this is where for Xanatari, the in-character stuff kind of an idea as to what this field is would somewhat be known if she wants to join in or um, whatever. But there, there is a balance here. There is a start. There is a finish. But this isn't a obviously a warlike place. So they're not just like sla slaughtering them by cattle, but there's definitely a, a planting and culling of life kind of thing. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Well, um, what's in it for me? Mm. You continue along the path as you did before. Right. What sort, of, what sort of mentoring or otherwise uh, remains to be seen? Okay, so what what you are going to ask me to do is not yet decided on, and what I get out of it may or may not exist. What what why should I why should I go with you rather than this this uh, dwarf person thing that I saw once in a weird brain dream? This is the only deity that hasn't tried to dictate or enslave your choice. Why, do, why should I choose at all? If you continue down, if you continue on your journeys, um, there is a chance that you may um, become a demigod or something along these lines. You will become an immortal at, at some point in time. Right, and, ostensibly what the path is leading towards, right? 
But what you do when you get to that point, um, everyone's kind of got something that they're good at. Okay. For lack of a better term, a portfolio. So most immortals don't come in unaligned with some sort of faction or power. Okay, but some do. Um, and they generally are snuffed out pretty quick. They, they, don't, they don't have the focus. They've got the drive to get there, but when they get there, it's, it's too much, and they kind of burn it like a candle wick pretty quick. Um, what, is, what is offered is um, potentially skills or understanding or knowledge that may or may not keep you on the same path that you're currently on in terms of tinkering. So it could be, you know, tinkering plus you get some skills in medicine. There's an option to it. There's an option to expand yourself, but what what that is sort of comes along the, down the path. Hmm. Bear in mind also that you have seen a younger Caesar, and you don't yet know how. Mm-hmm. That happened. Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, all right. So let's say I say yes, right? And then, uh, you know, it comes down to you, you know, come to me with something you want me to do or whatnot. Well, what if I, what if I don't like it? What if I say no? You would have to have an opinion in order to say that, and the um, force makes it clear that it would want to hear that opinion. Okay. Say I have it and I tell you. Then what? We'll determine at that point in time whether it's something to walk away from. Or it will give its opinion in an attempt to um, show you reason. Okay. So we'll talk about it. Got it. And then can't come to agreement. What? Uh, you say, okay, well, you don't have to do this one. Or I'm just wondering what, what, what kind of a, an agreement I'm signing up here for. Like, what, 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 um, <clears throat> what, what's the pros and cons when it comes down to it? Either way, it's all experience for you. You get a chance to... <laughs> Yes, Anatari? Out sorry. of character, whatever. <laughs> it's all experience for you. <laughs> Everyone needs a little experience with a mob. Well, in, in, in essence in essence, you know, you, you can you can attend an event or you cannot attend an event. But it seems like these would possibly be door openers to something. So if you walked away, there's probably another another being that would do a task. So you know you may be you may find another one of death's agents, and you could be entirely not aligned with that. Can you please call this episode. Come on, baby, don't fear the Caesar. Remind me of that on Monday. <laughs>
So you know this you, you're you're dealing you're dealing with sort of a primordial force of the universe right now. Kind it's got a take it or leave it, but not in a not in an egotistical sense. It's going to get you know you can't stop death, but it's not going to sit there and zot this or well, at least this this manifestation is not going to sit here and zot you if you say no. If you say no enough times, you may start to lose out on options and opportunities and those sorts of things. But you don't get the feeling that it's like with what's her name in the Red Wizards of Thay, who's going to drag you around by a collar. But what's clearly known here is, is that right now you are a commodity. You've got a dwarf that is just randomly interested in you to some degree or another, you don't know what, this one, this primordial force is out here actually manifesting not only to you, but also to your party mates in a bid to get you. Who knows what else is out there may have interest in you at this point. Alright, so um, what kind of a uh... What kind of time frame do I got on making this decision? Is this something where we got to shake hands now, or that's it, or, or what? What do we What do we got going on? Within the year. What? Sorry. You try to try to. I, I didn't hear you. <laughs> we'll try to reach a conclusion within a year. Oh, okay. I can handle that. And. Um. uh... Let's say, um, you know, I, I decide. Well, how do I, how do I get in touch with you? Um, it will know. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, it, there is a warning given, though, that oh. it will not protect you at this point in time if there is another immortal out there or there's another, you know, deific force that does mean you some harm in attempting to block you. Oh, yeah, that's, so that's you're, fair. You're, you're, getting, you're getting the positive stroke up here, but there's a negative side to this thing. It lets you know that, you know, right now, you know, you have... In a, in a, year, a year for it is, you know, a blink of an eye. For you, it gives you as a mortal, you know, a sense of time that seems reasonable. Okay, that's fair enough. Okay. Um, Zenitari. Mm -hmm. Not to keep you silent the entire episode here, but mm -mm. Uh, you've heard these things. You've kind of got a good grasp with your deity, who seems to check in on you. Any commentary from you? I mean, I guess she's just having tr trouble with the concept of bad or good. I mean, if this is just like, as he says, you know, people have to die as they get older, and he's the one who actually takes that care of that, and they're sort of just like, you know, I mean, she doesn't have a problem with death, obviously, since she kills people. But just the concept of, like, being the Reaper's assistant is kind of, like, repulsive, and the fact that, like, one of her jobs as a cleric is to kind of heal things, try to fix them, and if this goes in the twisted manner that it could. Like, if it's just like, hey, guess what? You know, it's time for something to die. He's going to help take care of it. Or if it's just like, 
and the enjoyment of it, it's a difference. So she's kind of trying to ascertain like what the true nature of this guy is. <coughs> okay. Uh, go ahead and roll an insight. Sure. Actually, go ahead and roll three insights. Okay. Ooh. Carl, do you have some sort of coin there? At this point, um, Carl would, well, for most of the conversation, stand really close to Cesar and studying his physique, uh, rolling up his sleeves and waiting for um, a moment to grab him. So, <laughs> because Carl really doesn't like this uh, death creature and wouldn't have let um, Cesar strike a deal with him. So if Cesar would look around right now, he would see Carl looming over him and in a very not threatening, but um, yeah, he would see that Carl was ready in action here. Okay. By the way, the skeleton is the giant skeleton is passing um, along behind you guys now, and uh, you do do hear a large, you know, definite sound of earth being moved and. Um, there's the sound of what sounds like cloth flapping, flapping in case instead of, I don't know, whatever word I may have, people may have heard me say. Um, it sounds like as soon as the plow passes, there's a moment and then there seems to be activity out in the field beyond the range of light. Okay. Okay. Um, Xanatari, yes. you had three rolls? I had a 30 in my first roll. Uh, uh, 37 on my second. I have a 21 inside, so it's going to be pretty right. sweet. Um, and then another 30 on my third. Okay. Um, death is hard to judge as a primordial force itself. But looking around at the scenario, you realize that Bert is not dispelling any sort of illusions. Mm -hmm. And you don't, you're not seeing any of these shadow creatures. You haven't been attacked. You've been in this field now for at least a half hour. Okay. And you haven't been attacked. This manifestation or this deific realm is at almost the end of time and yet even though whatever energy in the sun you know if that matters here per se but you know to you the sun is life um, this process is happening all the way up until the end of time and it doesn't seem to be a farm or slaughterhouse do I get like any feeling off the unnamed god here like am i getting uh you know that this is going to be a conflict uh if Cesar does this or some sort of like battle kind of worthy endeavor you feel almost um if you if you can you know take take the the game value and you know maybe the Miriam Webster version of neutral you can't possibly You've never encountered something this neutral, ever. 
It's going to do whatever it's going to do, but you don't sense that it is going out of its way to be malicious or at the same time helping. It doesn't seem to be repulsed by you being a cleric and the fact that you heal. It's also not toying with you in particular. It's not sending you, you know, like gloating things of, ha ha, you've killed, whatever. It's, if something comes in and is able to snatch something from death's door, it may have been intended that that is going to happen. You know, this person that is about to die may be saved. That may be their thread is to be saved. They will eventually die. Um, but you are not sensing right now that there is anything other than this has um, appeared before you or before Cesar and, and you are in the presence of indeed something so very primal that the best you can put your brain to is neutral. Okay. Then I'll, then she'll step back. I mean, it's not, as long as it doesn't interfere with the party, it doesn't seem like it's going to create something in him that isn't already there. It doesn't seem like it's going to demand that he turn and kill all of us or else it's going to take his life. It doesn't seem like it's going to demand that he does stuff outside of his moral compass. It's his choice to do, you know. You, you, you know, and, and, and it, there's no pun intended. It makes no bones that, um, you know, there could be bad that comes from this decision. Mm-hmm. There could also be good. There could also just be the status quo. It's not trying to sell just a happy, shiny picture. It's saying, here's X, and that X is pretty darn big. But you don't get a sense that it's about to pick up weapons and chase you around, like Scooby-Doo scenes. Yeah. Well, I guess she'd turn to Cesar and say, hey, you know, like, knowing you for as long as we have, it seems like to me that you're interested in creating things, you're interested in building things and tinkering and creating, you know, life out of inanimate objects, and that's something that you've spent a lot of time doing is, is basically being a creator of of life out of nothing, even if it's only temporary robotic or you know, some sort of, in that this world they wouldn't know that word, but, you know, like gear-based um you know, mech kind of life. It this seems a strange choice for somebody that is so interested in machines and how things work and then put together to to talk to something that's only purpose is to essentially stop the working of things. Oh, by the way, um Xanatari? Out of character, um, that flapping sound that you were hearing outside of the range of things mm-hmm. was um, the actual making of life. They're actually. Um, I figured, like in this place, that that's there's things yeah. being born, create, created, growing, growing old, recycled. But I don't know that death. Like we don't know. I mean, death. The Reaper guy might not be the one. Like we don't know what his job is here. There's a lot of things happening. So I'm just. Out of character was giving you that info because you had gone. You, know, you, were, you were curious about that, so I'm just giving you it to the side. I'm not trying to influence what you're saying to okay. to Cesar at all. So, okay. Anything else that you have to say for? That's what I have to say, Cesar. Okay. Are you going to go do anything else, or are you just going to stand here and watch them? Um. No, I mean, there's nothing. It's, like I said, as far as she's, she's concerned, this is some sort of like physical manifestation of like uh, summing up 
complex, you know, world and does, doesn't necessarily even believe this is a real place. So, and I, it seems like if I leave too far down the rows to go see the born stuff, I'm going to lose sight of them. And she's concerned more about like the trustworthiness of this figure. If it's going to try to just kill Cesar, because okay. he's the oldest here. Okay. Um, Carl, you are lurking over top. Yes, I'm bypassing you because you had to walk away, so I didn't know if that was due to the whispering stuff. So we'll keep that on the down low. Cesar. Well, um, <clears throat> Cesar would be focused on his conversation with death, and, uh, you know, things seem to be wrapping up, at least, uh, from what he can tell. And, um,. He'll say something. Uh, let's see. He'll say, "Well, so um, you've uh, given me a year here to uh, think it over at most, and uh, <clears throat> that I will. I guess maybe I'll uh, receive some competing offers. This uh, uh, dwarf tinker person may have something to say. Uh, they haven't made too strong of a case yet, but uh, so uh, what do we do? Do we do we shake on it? Uh, uh, we just go our separate ways. Uh, I'm. He looks around at their surroundings and says, um." Well, I'm assuming you, you brought us here, uh, so I, I would guess that we would be heading back to where we were. Uh, do you need to send us on our way? What What's what's the next step? Where do you want to be? Um, I mean, we were kind of in the middle of something. Um, we were making our way towards that, that pyramid thing. You could uh, get us closer there, though I think our stuff's back where we were staying, so probably back where we were. Okay. Um, sort of uh, without kind of pomp or circumstance, um, you and the rest of the party find yourself um, back at the campsite. Just as uh, dawn is starting to break on the horizon. Whoa! Wow, that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> the spirits did it all in one night. Um, by the way, the uh, sun rises on the wrong horizon and starts to move sort of across the sky until it's at the right space and then begins to rise just in case you were thinking it was a dream okay hmm. well uh how about that guys that was crazy Carl will wipe his forehead unclench his hands <laughs> tries to stop shivering and <clears throat> and clears his throat. Well, does this happen? Stuff, stuff like this happen often to you? Um, probably more often than most. Wouldn't you say, Xanatari? <laughs> that would, that would be a good way to say it. <laughs> I think that's um, probably accurate. By the way, make a uh, Caesar, or actually all of you, make a um, religion check. Please. Total of nine. Nineteen. Twenty-one. Okay. For Cesar and uh, Zenitari, 
we'll leave Carl as being just a little clueless on this thing, but um, it'll eventually hit him. Uh, as far as you're aware, death has no purview over the sun. That's another deity. What? I'm sorry? Death has no purview under the sun. That's another deity. What does this have to do with anything? Because of the, the weird sun, sun stuff just, that just happened? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Ooh. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe that sun, whoever's the sun god's got a, another bid in for me. <laughs> You're so popular, Cesar. Even the gods are fighting over you. That's right. I'm hot stuff. <laughs> sun seems to think so. Hey. Okay. Um, please write down that uh, you have for the next, uh, let's say, three recording sessions, you have plus three to all saving throws. Have we ever made a saving throw? Very rarely, so I'm not too worried about it. Very rarely, but it actually comes into account in, in other ways. As well, a couple of times in some past fights. Um, by the way, Xanatari, uh, Bert does give confirmation, if prompted, that uh, you were actually somewhere else. Okay. Well, he's the one who sort of led us there, so I have, like... You know, he can't complain about it. Bert was actually trying to protect you at some point. From going there? Because he seemed to be pointing right at it. The giant strobe light, if I forget. Bert, Bert had made the uh, the fog thing, and then had, when you had gone to investigate it, it warned you about the edge, edge mm -hmm. area. It just knew that you were somewhere else, so in case you were wondering if it was a dream sequence. Okay, good to know. At least it'll, it will at least con confirm to you that... Uh, was there okay any comments before we close out for the night Cesar um Cesar's just uh excited for the uh the competitions to begin maybe he'll have to do some sort of uh grand illumination event like a uh American gladiators or something between these gods okay or a bachelor oh the bachelor oh. that's totally it <laughs> uh Carl not much of a conclusion here, sorry. Okay. Good night, get some sleep. <laughs> and Xanatari, close out from you. Um, no, Xanatari is glad the sun's up and that it's not dark anymore and we can move on to um, see what other new gods decide to wrestle with uh, Caesar for, for his hand and one million dollars. Okay. Uh, with that, please take us out. And happy Halloween, everyone. Yes, happy Halloween, everyone. We, Halloween. Might, we might have another Halloween episode because we're just, like, timely like that uh, two weeks from now, but we'll wait and see. So thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com. Find us on iTunes or on Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Great Area Podcast where I interview other game developers and hear the life story at genesee.com. And stay tuned for not next week, but the week after where we will have a, another story at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on twitch.tv slash So join us for a worldwide adventure two weeks from now.
Bye. Bye. Bye.